Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today on CityCast Chicago. There are over 14,000 migrants staying at 27 shelters across the city. The largest is a former warehouse in Pilsen, and it came under scrutiny last month after a five-year-old boy who was living there died of an illness. Borderless Magazine covers immigration issues here in Chicago, and they've been speaking to migrants at the shelter. I talked with editorial director Mauricio Peña about their investigation into shelter conditions and what's next for migrants as deadlines to leave city shelters approach. It's Monday, January 8th. I'm Michelle Navarro, in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Mauricio, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. What did you and your colleagues find in your investigation of shelter conditions back in December? We spoke with more than a dozen migrants who shared their experiences, and we spoke with them on the condition of anonymity because they feared uh, being reprimanded and kicked out of the Pilsen shelter. Um, Some of them expressed concerns that, you know, being in this article might hinder or impact their their immigration status. So we we talked to a dozen migrants, and they they told us about the harsh uh, shelter conditions, which included cramped living quarters freezing temperatures, unsanitary bathrooms. And and at that time, we were hearing about a lot of people that were sick in there, a lot of respiratory viruses um, or infections, chickenpox, the flu spreading, and, and they weren't getting sufficient medical attention. And we heard this from, from everyone that we spoke with. You know, this is a former industrial or manufacturing warehouse um, in the industrial corridor of Pilsen. And a lot of them described just particles from the ceiling falling on them as they slept. In one of the other buildings, or the taller building, water dripping on them as they tried to sleep. And so it was a lot of con- uh, conditions that were very concerning to hear. It wasn't just you know one person saying this, but it was many people saying this. And these were on different days that I was speaking with people. But one thing also, a couple of migrants shared videos that they took discreetly inside showing the cramped conditions. And so you see the the cots uh, closely next to each other. You see the roof um, with patches missing from the roof. I mean, I think like it's pieces of insulation at the top. You see the long lines of people uh, waiting for food. You see them rationing off the water. And since we published that first story, We've heard from so many more about, um, especially um, after the death of of John Carlos. Since you mentioned, you know, the the unfortunate death of of John Carlos, a child who was living in this site, how did it feel for you personally and and for your colleagues and reporters at Borderless who who have been following, you know, this investigation and and been on the ground? I think it was very devastating to, to know that 
I mean, it was very urgent for us to make sure that we got the story out. Um, but then to hear that just days later, this happened. Um, I mean, it was very heartbreaking. I, I, I'm remembering to Sunday night, um, the day that he passed away and I was getting, um, what's up messages from migrants. I was getting phone calls. I was getting just frantic, um, text messages and WhatsApp messages, just really concerned about their safety, about their kids' safety, um, living there, especially, you know, audio messages of, you know, young children, just like a, a chorus of coughs in, in a room. And, and we would hope that we would prevent that by highlighting these conditions and not to say that like things change immediately, but we, we, would hope that, you know, the city would, you know, do something to, to, to have more oversight at these shelter sites. Yeah. I mean, how has the city responded and, and what has the city done at this Pilsen site since? Yeah. So it's not entirely clear um, what changes have happened since the death. Um, the mayor's office said that they're investigating alongside different agencies, OEMC, CPT, CDPH, the announcement of this investigation happened just before the holidays. So it's not clear, you know, what has been the result of this investigation that's yet to be seen. I know that there was some walkthroughs that were done by aldermen and a couple of city officials after that. But but we do know that um, even after the death of um, Giancarlo, that there was other people that were transported from the site and so it remains to be seen exactly what changes are being made. And we reached out to, to the staffing company who oversees the site. And they, they said that they were cooperating with, with the city um, in their investigation. But we still, you know, we don't know. It's still up in the air in terms of like what has changed and what's being done. Yeah, definitely. It seems like the city has said that others who were hospitalized were not connected to the child who died to, to Giancarlo. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, once this, once this investigation actually continues, what, what comes out of it? Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a lot of questions um, about the shelter system. I think Chicago, Denver, New York, a lot of cities are struggling with how to house the continuous influx of migrants. I don't, I don't know if there's a, a like a model um, of, of housing migrants, but I think there's a lot of eyes on the Brandon Johnson administration to see what they're doing about this. Um, we know that Brandon Johnson teamed up with other uh, mayors from major cities calling on the federal government for more funding in, in, in dealing with um, migrants continuing to come in and, and more coordination like at the state level, but we haven't exactly seen, you know, that of coordination. I think tex the Texas government is still um, bringing uh, migrants by plane now. There's still a lot of scrambling, a little, a lot of asking of the federal government um, for, for more of these funds to, to try to do, to better deal with the situation.
Back in November, Mayor Brandon Johnson implemented the 60 day limit on city shelters, you know, meaning that the limit is going to start coming up soon for some people. What do you and your colleagues expect will happen? And have you heard of any plans for migrants living inside the shelter? Yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of them that I asked about the 60 day rule, they were concerned about, okay, where are they going to go? I know that the city's plan is to send them to one of the landing zones to reprocess and likely put them in another shelter. Some were hoping to get access to the state's asylum seeker emergency rental assistance program, which offers three month uh, rental assistance for migrants that came before a certain date. For those that are coming up to that 60 day limit, I think there's a lot of concern about the disruption that that's going to also have on like, especially those with kids. This, this shelter specifically is for families. And so a lot of them have um, kids in school. And so like, what does that mean for their children who are now in, in the Chicago public school system? And so like, there's a lot of concerns of disruption. We haven't heard much in terms of like what that turnover looks like at these shelters. Um, I think there are limited spaces right now, especially in the colder months in the winter. So it's not clear in terms of like how many people have been told that they have to go back to uh, a landing zone. What's at these landing zones? Are they like shelters? Are they like you message kind of like they're processing centers, but what does that really look like? Yeah. So essentially the way the, the city describes it is you have these landing zones that are essentially they were set up for new migrants coming in to process them, to see what their needs are, provide somewhat of wraparound services in terms of, okay, what are your medical needs? What are kind of make an assessment? And then from there, they are sent to different shelters. And from my understanding is, you know, priorities given to, to women and children. Initially with the buses, when the buses were coming in, it, it was a, a streamlined process. And now um, some of the migrants are being dropped off in random places. Um, so the city doesn't know where they're being dropped off. There's also, you know, the planes dropping them off at the airport. But I think I, I would say right now is kind of a time to reevaluate, okay, how is this working out? Um, as you mentioned, there there's a lot of people that, that, that got into that shelter in October. So they've either reach that 60-day limit or have passed that. And so it's a matter of seeing what has become of their living situation. So the city is running almost 30 shelters. And so, like, I think it's, you know, especially after what happened with this death, um, with so many people getting sick or being hospitalized at the shelter, I think it's incumbent on the city to take stock of what the situation is at all of these shelters. And I think that's important. I think like, you know, these are people, these are, you know, human beings and they deserve dignity. Thank you so much, Mauricio. We really appreciate um, you talking to us about the reporting you've done and all your colleagues at Borderless. Thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate you having us on here.
Before we let you go, we appreciate y'all coming to CityCast Chicago to talk about these important issues. And that's why I'm hoping you'll head to Reader's Best of 2023 poll and vote CityCast Chicago for Best Podcast. And don't forget to vote Hey Chicago as Best Newsletter. This is the last week to vote, so check out show notes for more information and share with your friends. And some good news. Hot House and Haymarket House presents We Are All Refugees. It's a panel of researchers, journalists, and organizers talking about the effects of displacement. Catch it this Wednesday at Haymarket House in Uptown. It will also be live stream. Check out the show notes for more information. That's it for today. We will be back in your feeds tomorrow. Talk to you then. I'm trying to channel him wherever he is in Europe. Jacoby, where are you? Come help me.